Hi, I'm MK Lott, and this is Quarantine Campfire. So, it has been a good while. I think maybe July is the last time that I recorded on my phone. Um, but, basically due to unforeseen circumstances, I am away from my home for the time being. Uh, but, I'll be coming back Monday the Monday after this episode records, so I'll be well. Everything will go back to normal in due time. Um, but I want to talk about just some stuff that I observed over the Christmas break. So in my Christmas break, I went back to Las Vegas to be with the family, and just one of the things that we do as a family is we watch a bunch of movies. I love it. That's just how I am and and how the family is. Um, but I used this opportunity actually to watch Tiger King for the first time. Now, if you don't know what that is, it was like it was the hottest thing in March of 2020. And then it just kind of disappeared, which I'm kind of happy about, and I'll get <laughs> I'll get into a, a little bit more detail about that. But it like it just blew my mind that these were real people, and these are real people, you know. But I think the one character that interests me the most out of Tiger King um, wasn't. So it wasn't Joe Exotic. It wasn't the the poster boy. It wasn't Carol Baskins, which everybody and their dog had an opinion of, and rightfully so, because I also believe that she murdered her husband. But for me, it was Jeff Lowe. Now, for those who haven't seen Tiger King, Jeff Lowe was Joe's business partner because of how much uh, money he lost in lawsuits against Carol Baskins. He basically hired this guy. I don't think Joe thought twice about a background check but he just hired Jeff anyway because he needed someone with money. And so, long story short, the way the show ends, spoiler warning, by the way, the way the show ends is, from what it seems like, Jeff basically screwed Joe over and he set him up to do, or to basically push him to do a murder for hire and as a result, Joe got 22 years in prison, and Jeff took over the entire zoo. And he had done a lot of shady stuff like that before. Like, he smuggled tigers into Vegas. He, you know, <laughs> started doing stupid, stupid crap. But I think he fascinated me the most because he was a display of one of my biggest fears, which is to have a crappy or shady business partner, right? Because when you build a business, that's, that's your baby, you know? And it's, I wouldn't say it's as personal as a creative project because that's like, that's you in like the rawest form possible, you know? A business baby is a little bit different because that puts food on the table, you know, and that 
like that determines whether or not you and your family have a roof, you know? And so there's a lot more, well, there's a different kind, I'll say, a different kind of protection and desire to protect it. And so the last thing that anybody wants to do is to start this business, get it super, super prosperous and put themselves in a really good place and then have someone else come with the intention of helping them out. But in actuality, they treat themselves like a parasite and just take over everything, quote unquote, on your behalf, right? And in fact, I, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe I remember this. Um, I remember I was at a speed mentoring conference or meeting, let's just say meeting. And I met this woman who was based in California, who was actually an entrepreneur or she was a startup consultant, excuse me. So she mentored entrepreneurs in the startup phase of their business And so I was able to talk to her for a little bit and she had told me, (laughs) she told me as a way to kind of break the ice that I should also consider applying this to my marriage or to, you know, my engagement, which was an interesting, uh, (laughs) an interesting start But she told me, if you get a partner, if you bring a partner on, for whatever reason, the first thing you two need to come up with is an exit strategy. Which is interesting to me. So if you don't know what that is, basically, an exit strategy is a written and agreed plan of what would happen if one of the business partners left the business, right? So now, not only is it in writing, but the partners have a legal obligation to abide by it in the case that they want to go their own separate ways. And as someone who's heard stories of people getting screwed over in businesses and people losing an unfair amount of stuff during divorces. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of logic <laughs> to to an exit strategy. But what I found fascinating was she introduced the idea of if you bring someone along to help you with your business be ready for when crap hits the fan, you know? And I, I don't know how I felt about that. It, it feels like, you know, you accept someone into your life, but you always have this lingering thought of they won't stick around for very long, you know? And so... That, that kind of left a really weird taste in my mouth, right? Like, we're going to start knowing what the end looks like. And I thought, I just don't, I, I don't like that. I don't like feeling like 
I know what's going to happen if my business partner leaves because I feel like that incentivizes it a little bit more because now you know what that looks like, right? And if you subscribe to the law of attraction and all that, I feel like in some ways an exit strategy kind of manifests a separation. And so I was, clearly, I was really upset by this. But there were two other things that came up during this Christmas break that really helped me with that. And the first one, oddly enough, was It's a Wonderful Life. And the reason why we I brought I bring that up is because we never really watched that in my household because my mom's not a big fan of black and white movies. But just recently, I think it was actually this past year, they colorized it. So, you know, mom finally sat down and watched it and we all watched it together. And there was one specific scene that really, really fascinated me. Um, It's a scene where the main character, George Bailey, gets offered a deal by his competitor, basically. A, A world of riches. Let's put it like that. He offers him a world of riches. And it's like, you know, I did the, uh, the math on, <laughs> on like an inflation calculator of how much he was actually offering him. What, he, what his competitor, Mr. Potter, offered the main character, George Bailey, would be the modern equivalent to about $300,000 a year, right? Like this, this guy was going to give George Bailey everything and then some, right? He could wake up the next morning and think, oh, I don't have to work today and I'm going to be okay. And he's never had that. And so he... He shakes Mr. Potter's hand and then suddenly he gets this weird turnaround where he kind of realizes what he's done. He, If you see his face, it looks like he shook hands with the devil. And then he says, no, absolutely not. I am not doing this deal with you. You know, basically calling him a spider and, and all this. And now keep in mind, George Bailey owns... Potter's only competitor in the bank industry and they barely get by right like he has to convince every customer to stay a customer Um, on his honeymoon (laughs) the day of his honeymoon he's supposed to go and have the time of his life but then he has to go back and save the bank essentially and I watched a few analyses on this because I also love hearing what other people think about these ideas. And so there was one guy who said that the biggest difference between Mr. Potter and George Bailey is Potter is looking for financial profit, but George Bailey is looking for, to use their words, human profit. Now, I don't like that terminology i think that's a little weird but i get where he's coming from so i would switch it to what rich christensen calls relationship capital and 
that also kind of led me to the idea of you need to lead with integrity. You know, I, I think you can set up an exit strategy with your partner. You know, you can make deals, but not at the expense of your integrity, right? Because that deal between Jeff Lowe and Joe Exotic was at the risk of Joe's integrity. And Joe didn't realize that until it was too late because he was so hell-bent on getting rid of Carol Baskins, right? George Bailey almost gave that up too because he was going to get everything he ever wanted within a handshake. And then he said no because he realized that that would that would be a greater sacrifice than he would come to realize. So that was a nice little relief <laughs> to, to watch. But then the second thing um, I want to talk about that kind of helped with the whole Tiger King dilemma and the business partner problem was a book I actually got for Christmas and I loved it so much it was, I think it was the, like the fastest I ever read a book leisurely. I loved it that much. Um, but it's called The Spontaneous Healing of Belief by Greg Braden. And he kind of offers a school of thought that's very similar to the law of attraction, but it's, it's not the law of attraction exactly. So Braden originally started out as I can't remember if he was a geographer or a geologist. He was a scientist that started with a G. And he was a computer programmer. But then he decided to kind of devote his life to to bridging the gaps between science and spirituality, which hey, more power to you. I'm all for that kind of stuff anyways. <laughs> and so he really helped me understand uh, belief systems by comparing them to programs in a computer, right? Because if you believe something, that's a program that your mind of a computer has access to and can use. And, you know, you don't need to have every program in the world. I think that's, that's, quite impossible right now because number one beliefs can contradict themselves so there's no reason to use or have that kind of belief system and two a lot of them do very similar things it just depends on which one you get first really like i think in a lot of ways that's how we should see religion, you know, and granted, that's a really heated topic. And I completely understand that. But if it makes you the best person that you can possibly be, and it benefits the people around you, then how dangerous is it really? You know, I think it only becomes a problem when you don't respect the fact that people have their own programs within themselves, you know? I think that's when it gets bad. 
you know, and, and that would be like saying, that would be like saying you're wrong for using Microsoft Word and not Google Docs. You know, they essentially do the same thing. It's just they're different programs, right? And so what I'm getting at with that one is ultimately everything comes down to a choice, no matter what. But the choices are determined by the kind of programs you have and you use in your computer, right? For me, I want to use the integrity program. I want to act upon things with the belief that I have enough integrity and enough willpower and respect for myself that I'm going to do what's best for me and for those around me. And I'm not going to jeopardize that under any conditions. You know, George Bailey acted upon his, in, his own integrity program. Joe Exotic didn't think about that integrity program because he wasn't using that program, I think, as often as he should have been. He was using, he was using other programs. And so that's, that's just something that's been on my mind recently. And ultimately, I decided that would probably be the best thing to talk about in this episode. It's to understand that all of your beliefs and the kind of programs you use in your computer are ultimately up to you. And no one can take that away from you. It's just finding what you think is most beneficial for you. And if I were to give my biased two cents on it, I think integrity trumps most, if not all things. Because if you guys have seen It's a Wonderful Life or know what happens at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, you'll know integrity can go a really, really long way. But desperation and hatred offer very positive but short-term results. So I would say that would be my advice to you guys. Act upon integrity and start to notice how far that actually takes you. Because I believe that it actually will take you quite far. You just have to be patient with it. All right, everyone. That is my 20 minutes. I appreciate you guys' time. And thank you so much for listening in. Um, I just saw that we got some new fans in Canada. So hello to them. And as always, thank you again for helping the, the podcast grow and for just being fascinated and interested in this um from what it seems like it's been helping on some level and i'm happy to provide that kind of help to you guys so hope you all had a wonderful holiday season and a wonderful new year's i'm pretty sure i said that in the last episodes but they were recorded before i went on vacation so i'm just adding insult to injury at this point, but in a good way. <laughs> so.
So as always, love you guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay healthy. God, I've been doing this almost a year and now I, I butcher it.